You're listening to WJMF Radio, the beat of Bryant. What is going on, you guys? Welcome back to Down to the Wire. I'm your host, Brian Costa, and we have got a fantastic show in store for you. It's Friday night. I'm back in the Koffler Center, and I'm really excited to get another episode out to you guys. I know I said on my last episode that I was going to stop apologizing for when I was uh, not posting episodes as scheduled or anything like that. Um, I'm not going to really issue an apology, but I want to at least give you guys an explanation as to where I've been and what why the schedule hasn't been as consistent as it has been in the past. So um, the first thing I guess I can start off with is that um, my transition into my new job with a graduate um, as a graduate student and working in Bryan athletics. Um, you know, it's been a great, you know, road so far. I've enjoyed it. Um, it's been some challenges, but mostly it's been an enjoyable experience, but um, you know, it's just been a pretty decent time commitment and just trying to find time to do shows in there has kind of been uh, I guess the struggle. So that's just been the main reason for that. And then, I guess the other thing is that just when you're, you know, I love what I do for a job. I love the fact that I get to work in sports, especially collegiate sports and, uh, you know, promote athletes in that sort of sort of a way. But I guess when you're just in that space for so long, analyzing stats and storylines, uh, it can just kind of be it can get a little exhausting and nauseating just when you have to then try to turn around and do a show a little bit later. So. I've been just trying to get back into that space. I still love what I do, but it's just been a transition. And I guess uh, that's where I've been at with that. So uh, now that we are back in store for things, I'm going to try to get a little bit more of a consistent schedule. I think uh, next semester of my graduate classes, I won't have Wednesday night classes. So that will afford me the ability to do Wednesday shows again, which would greatly help out my schedule because Friday nights can be tough with some game days and just different things happening here and there. So I think if I have some Wednesday night availability, that would really help out my schedule. So look, hopefully looking forward to that. And then Fridays, I'll, uh, you know, I'll try to make work as well. So uh, with that being said, we do have a lot of stuff to talk about tonight. We're going to discuss the New England Patriots uh, starting off their season two and seven. Uh, we're going to talk about the uh, the Boston Celtics and, uh, you know, they're they're pretty solid start to the season so far. Uh, their overall record, they are yeah currently five and two. Uh, they got off to a ridiculous start this year. I know they just dropped uh, two to the Sixers and then Timberwolves, but um, we'll talk about just like their overall team right now, what's going well for them, and uh, just kind of some overall thoughts with that and then the in-season tournament. And then we'll kind of wrap up with some MLB news and maybe even touch on some Bryant news that's going on. So uh, I guess first things first, just holy cow, like the situation with the New England Patriots could not have gotten worse. And I'm not sure how to if I have if I did an episode following the Buffalo game where they got the win over the Bills, um, last second touchdown pass to Mike Isecki. Um, yeah, that couldn't have been the bigger, the biggest paper tiger in the world. Um, because we got that play, and I think a lot of fans thought, okay, this could be the turning point to where the Pats maybe turn this season around. Some the players might start to buy in and things will start to click. And immediately it just dropped off the face of the earth and it just got a hundred percent worse. And a lot of people thought that you couldn't lose to a team like the commanders on Sunday. And they went out and just, and did just that Sam Howell had himself a day. Uh, he was just electric. And to say Sam Howell was electric is uh, kind of a crazy statement. Uh, Mac Jones continues to just regress in a lot of fields, but I will talk about just 
how it's not all his fault. It's not like he, there are some things that he has not been great with, but um, he hasn't been getting a ton of support. So that's a big thing. And then uh, also kind of talk about what's going on with the Patriots as they head into the, into their next game against the Colts. So this team, they're heading into Frankfurt. They're going to be going to Germany, which I don't think that you could have this at a worse time in the schedule. Cause this team, you start off the schedule two and seven teams can't be feeling great about themselves. Um, seems to be some dysfunction going on with the coaching staff and whatnot. And in the midst of all of it, it's like, Hey, let's board a plane for, I don't know how long a flight is to Germany. Like let's say six to eight hours, probably even longer. Um, let's go halfway. Let's go basically across the world and go play a football game in a random city and just try to see how that works for a team like them. That is the type of trip that can break you. Cause if you're not like it, like even for teams that are on top of the world and they are, are some of the better teams in the league, like the chiefs or the dolphins that went over there and played just recently, um, a trip like that can really just grind. And it just really just, it's not a fun trip to make. Like I've, I've listened to like the Pat McAfee show before, and he's talked about that trip um, going to London, which, you know, Germany or even going further than that. So um, definitely can't be, I mean, maybe the players are able to enjoy the culture for a little bit, do some things like that, but just the jet lag, the hours difference. It can't be, it can't be really anything that's enjoyable. So the team they're going over there, they're facing off against the Colts. And this is a Colts team without Anthony Richardson. And I I'd say with Richardson, maybe it'd be a, a kind of a cool game to see him uh, break out, do what he's going to do, but he's going to miss the remainder of the season. You're seeing Gardner Minshew in this game. And you know, maybe he'll hook up with Michael Pittman a couple of times, make some plays down the field. Um, but other than that, yeah, it's going to be a very, uh, gonna be a very just weird game overall i don't know how mac is gonna be able to adjust in a situation like this um because the main thing with him is he's just been all over the place this year like you look at just everything going into this season um you know 2021 mac obviously people were so high on him they thought you know you know this is exactly what you want to see from a rookie quarterback some minor mistakes here and there but potential to grow and get better Obviously, 2022 happens. You see major regression. You think, okay, it's all Matt Patricia. You just got to get him out of there, figure it out. And they do that. They get Matt Patricia out. They bring back Bill O'Brien. And a lot of people think, okay, this is going to be the turning point. And you kind of start to see that as they get ready for the Philly game. And when they faced off against Philadelphia, they did, you know, relatively respectable going up against the runner-up in the Super Bowl. I mean, you know, Mac still had some mistakes, but from what you could see in that game, it felt like, okay, this might be the type of, this might be the type of, you know, coaching staff and whatnot that can get him back on track. And ever since then, it's been downhill. And it's just been, a, it was starting as kind of a slight regression. And then he just fell off the face of the earth. And he's just, he's back to 2022 Mac, even probably even worse now than he was in 2022. Cause I think he's lost all confidence. He's making ill-advised throws. Um, essentially his favorite receiver is the defense, which is just the worst thing that you can ever say about a quarterback. Um, and he's just always essentially due for one bad play a game. And it sucks because I had a high hopes in Mac Jones. I thought that, um, from what everyone said, he was going to be the most pro ready quarterback. He was going to be the guy most ready to go. And I thought like, okay, yeah, like plug him in, give him some good receivers. And then, you know, we'll see what he can do. Um, that obviously hasn't happened. He got completely screwed over. And yeah, like I, I, as I said, like the loss of the commanders, Mac didn't play great in that game. Like he made plenty of mistakes and like, it, like it's, 
yeah, like he wasn't perfect in that game. But what I do want to say as well is that um, the commanders, you know, they had themselves a good day, but that yeah, can be reflective on just how the defense played. But the main culprit in a lot of Max errors is just the fact that he has no wide receivers. He has nothing out there. I mean, you can give him Pop Douglas. Mike Isecki, I know, has made a couple plays. Hunter Henry can sometimes surprise you. But for the most part, he has no wide receivers. You let go of Jacoby Myers, and you brought in Juju Smith-Schuster for the same amount of money, and Juju has no name. He has nothing. And... Uh, he has no speed. He can't make any plays. I know he scored a touchdown in Miami. That was some fluky play. Um, and really, besides that, like you, you don't have any real wide receiver talent. Pop Douglas, like I said, can make some plays, but um, yeah, there's just no explosiveness with this offense. And that's what you need for a young quarterback. Like Josh Allen, what was able to get Stephon Diggs. Um, you know, you can uh, Tua was able to get Tyreek and then Jalen Waddle. Mac Jones doesn't have that right now. And you need to at least get him some sort of support. Like, I know you can't surround him with all of these weapons, but, you know, you could at least help him out. Like, I, Bill Belichick is leaving Mac Jones out to dry right now. And it's not, like, I know he thinks that he can still do the same philosophy that you did with Tom Brady, which was, you know, get a bunch of, you know, unathletic kind of slot receivers, throw them in there and hope it works. And that's great when you have guys like Julian Edelman, Chris Hogan, Danny Amendola, guys that are just going to be go out there and be grinders, like the entire part of the, like for all 16, 17 games of that schedule, plus the postseason. But you don't have those guys anymore on this team. You have people like Kayshawn Booty, who, uh, you know, a lot of people thought was going to play last, last Sunday until he put out like an Instagram post that said, free me. And people like, and then people kind of freaked out and he got, and he got benched for it. And then you have pop Douglas and whatnot and other guys getting disciplined. And it's been an ugly scene over in new England. And now we're seeing it kind of translate into this, into this latest game where Bill Belichick is reportedly leaving a couple players behind. So uh, JC Jackson, who was, you know, Mr. INT, the undrafted guy, uh, you know, we bring him in here. He turns himself into a superstar, gets a massive contract from the Chargers. And, you know, ever since he's got to L.A., he was just been a disaster. And I don't know what went wrong with him because I never really heard too many. I mean, maybe I'd have to go back and look at some stuff, but I didn't I never heard like too many like bad stories about J.C. Jackson. Like I know, he, you know, you can be a cocky guy. You can go out there and, you know, want to like you can be a competitor, but I never heard any really truly bad stories about JC Jackson until he got to the chargers ever since he's been with the chargers. It's been a mess. Like he's, you know, reportedly not shown, shown to practices. He's didn't, you know, just kind of been like an a-hole and it got so bad that the chargers GM had to address the team and apologize for even signing the guy. And I'm like, Oh my God, like how bad is, is it that like that happens? And I know bill Belichick's thought process for it. He probably thought, okay, you know, this is ha- this has happened with a ton of other guys. Look at Garrett Blunt in Pittsburgh, where um, you know had some success with the Patriots, got a contract from the Steelers, flamed out there, um, and then came back to New England and then won another ring. I think that Bill Belichick thought, you know, maybe not on um, maybe not winning a ring right now, but uh, he probably had a similar philosophy with J.C. Jackson and was like, all right, we'll bring him back in, we'll rehabilitate, we'll rehabilitate him, and you know, we'll get him back to you know playing well, and. Whatever happened to JC in LA, he just, he went completely Hollywood and he's not coming back at this point. Like he is just whatever he is. He's just whatever this version of him is now. He got his money. I think I looked this up the other day. I think he made like, I think he's going to make like $63 million, like as his career earnings as it stands right now. 
So for him, he probably knows like, all right, I'm a cornerback, most likely not getting a second contract like that much. So I, I'm I'm set. I've I've earned the money that I've gotten. It's all guaranteed. And I'm going to just rest on my laurels now and I can just be me. He doesn't need to be Mr. Nice Guy anymore. So I think that's just kind of where J.C. Jackson's at. And it sucks because you don't want to see that from, you know, potential star corner. But that's a situation you have going on there. And then another cornerback, too, which has been in the news of the Patriots, Jack Jones. Um, he's just been he's just been a, a head case for them. Like, I can't even describe the situations that he's been in, bringing a gun through Logan Airport, uh, getting arrested, trying to say that he had no knowledge of the gun and different things like that. So, uh, you know, somehow he beat that case and he was able to play with the Patriots for some games this year. I know he got hurt for a little bit, was, you know, cleared to return to practice and a bunch of different things happened. But now he's being left behind due to, I think, what's being called a personal issue. And now finally, you know, one of the people that's supposed to be in charge of, of protecting Mac Jones, Trent Trent Brown, he's now reportedly getting left behind. Um, Bill Belichick was asked, I guess, apparently, is this like an injury or a personal issue? And then Belichick report said, uh, quote, both. So it, there is something going on with Trent Brown. And I guess a couple of weeks, Bill Belichick made the notion of saying that he wants to start over with this team and. Maybe this is what that looks like. Maybe this is Bill Belichick starting over with the group, trying to reestablish a culture and maybe it'll work. I mean, maybe he's going to say like, okay, the guys that follow my rules will get to play, but with a team on the ropes like this, where it could really go down the tubes. I don't know how, I don't really know if it's going to work, man. I really don't. And I think that this is, this is the type of game that can really make or break a team. And who knows, maybe, People have been saying and speculating, oh, does Bill is Bill Belichick the coach of the Patriots on the flight home from Germany? I think so. I, I really don't think that Robert Kraft is going to make a decision like that in season surrounding Bill Belichick. Now, if if he does, I'd be shocked. I'd be floored. And I I wouldn't really I, I would be completely stunned if if Robert Kraft was to make that decision in season um with with the coach. Now, I mean, like if the team gets completely obliterated by the Colts, like who knows if Bill Belichick is like players quitting on him on the field and like mouthing off. Um, you know, you could look into a situation like that, but um, you know, I think Bill Belichick just because of his resume has earned the ability to ride out a horrendous season like this one. I know he had like losing seasons, um, you know, with us this past season and even in the 2020 COVID year, but um, you know, like you were like seven and nine, you were a couple games under 500, like, yeah, that, that does happen. It, you don't like to see it, but that does happen. I think that he has still earned the right to probably ride out a dumpster fire season like the one we're seeing unfold in front of us, which as a football fan, you don't want to just piss away a season like this. You want to still see your team go out there and compete. But at this point, you have to look at the talent. You have to say, this team isn't competing in the AFC East. You knew from day one they weren't going to. And this is still, and this is still an AFC East that's missing Aaron Rodgers which that's a whole nother story in of, in of itself. But, um, you know, you have the Dolphins that have been a complete juggernaut. You have the Bills that have been going out there doing their thing, um, despite their struggles from time to time. And the Jets, you know, I know that they've been down and out, but they've still managed to somewhat have a pulse. And, you know, who knows if Rogers' miracle cure and whatever's been going on with him, maybe he is able to play again this year, regardless of what he's saying. So, um yeah, it's just, it was never going to work. And Bill Belichick tried to put this team together with duct tape and super glue. And uh, you can't do that. Like it's, it worked in the early 2000s where you were able to kind of 
you know, have parody and, you know, and go through free agency and do all these different things and, you know, get your guys, but it's different now that you do need the speed to win. You do need the, like you do need those actual athletes to go out there and win the game for you. Just the scheme alone, unfortunately, isn't going to do it anymore. At least the current scheme that we're seeing from Bill Belichick, maybe uh, there's another coaching scheme out there that can do it more successfully, whether it's the Philadelphia Eagles or the Kyle Shanahan, uh, San Francisco offense, maybe that's a better scheme that can just do it with universal players. I know we're seeing it. We were seeing it with Brock Purdy. So maybe that's a scheme that can make that work. Who knows? But at least the one we're seeing right now, it's not working. It's not. And I, it's, it's, it's tough to say. And what's kind of one of the crazier story storylines I know, at least coming out around Belichick right now is let me see if I have this. So people on YouTube will be able to see this link. So one second. So there's apparently like a video going out about Bill Belichick, like reportedly like leaving someone's house, um, you know, doing a walk of shame, blah, blah, blah. And this is coming from, I guess, Babs in the mic on Twitter. And like, I'll play the video again. So it's Bill Belichick, you know, on a ring doorbell camera, like walking out of a house. Doesn't have a shirt on. Not a sight I was really ever expecting to see with Bill Belichick, if I had to be honest with you. Uh, no, nor one that I ever wanted to see. Um, but yeah, so that's Bill. He's walking out of the house doing his thing. And yeah, I really just don't know what to make of that. Um, I think that if this team had their record flipped right now, I don't know if this video comes out. But I think this is the type of scandals or you know, scandals, I say in quotation marks, or just different crap that just starts to come up when your team is struggling. And, you know, I think someone potentially has held on to this and waited to see, okay, we want to see Bill Belichick at his absolute, or at least what people determine to be his absolute worst. And then they're going to try to throw this Hail Mary attempt, you know, this grenade to try to make the situation, you know, even more dire for the Patriots and make them say like, Oh, Bill Belichick's been struggling as a head coach. All right. Now he's like doing all this like extra stuff outside of football. Then so now you got to make a decision. And I think it's the similar thing with like the Robert Kraft uh, massage parlor story. And it's just trying to make like the NFL or the Patriots or just different people in general jump the gun and make a and make like kind of a bad decision. And I don't think that Robert Kraft's gonna do it. I don't think that there's really anything, at least from what I'm seeing with this story right now, that's going to substantiate anything else going on. So I, I did see that, and I just think it's I think it's just bogus at this point. That's my take on it. So that's that's what I think with the Patriots. Um, I If you're a Pats fan, like, I don't know how you can feel good about them going into, into this game. Like, not, not based on, like, not based on just, like, pure matchup, because I think that this team should be able to do well against a team like the Colts, but just with the way that they've been playing this year, this is the type of game where I think you could completely fall apart. I think it is. I, I, I hate to take a team like the Colts over the Pats. Cause I don't think that they're that great, but just the morale of the team and where they're at. I think that the Colts, you know, even if they don't think that they're super bowl contenders or even big playoff contenders this year, I think they at least still have some faith in their operation. I don't think the Patriots have that right now. So you have the you have the Colts coming up. You got the Giants, which I know they lost Daniel Jones for the year, so maybe you can pick up a win in that sort of a game. Uh, the Chargers, weirdly enough, the Patriots have had the Chargers number um, in the past. Like Bill Belichick has has been able to have a pretty good, um, you know, game plan for Justin Herbert. 
I don't think it's going to work here. I think that just this team is worse than last year's team. And I think that, uh, you know, even though it's in Foxborough, the home field advantage just isn't what it used to be. And I think that the Chargers do get that win. Uh, Steelers have been consistent enough. I think they can pick up a win. The Chiefs, I think, will roll you on Monday Night Football. Uh, Broncos, people have been calling this game the nightmare before Christmas. And I, because it's happening ironically on Christmas Eve. Um, I mean, you get fair enough. I think that game could be pretty bad as well. Like, um, somehow I think the Patriots could go into Denver and win that game just because of how bad the Broncos are as well. Um, after that, you go into Buffalo. Um, and that's just gonna be a buzzsaw because now they're gonna be pissed off at the fact that you got that upset win over them in Foxborough. They're gonna, who knows, they might 40 piece you that game. And then you end the season with the Jets, and maybe it's Aaron Rodgers' big comeback game because he's just trying to come back from that crazy Achilles tear. Um, that's a crazy story in of in of itself. I mean, we'll talk about that in just a second. But um, you know, if you guys aren't following the show yet, I just wanted to maybe plug this in the middle. Uh, go give us a follow on all our socials and on streaming. So we stream this show on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and also on YouTube. And then, you know, we like to post, uh, or at least I like to post um, updates on the on our Instagram page at down to the wire. I do like a couple, uh, you know, sometimes we'll do clips from the show, do like breaking news updates as they come in. So uh, just give that a follow there. I'm going to try to get back into maybe doing some TikTok, some reels, uh, doing some cuts from the show. So that's what I'm going to try to do in the future. So definitely give us a follow on there. Um, but yeah, like that, that's kind of what I had on the Patriots. Um, it, with the Aaron Rodgers thing, that's some crazy news going on. Cause you know, everyone saw him go down um, with the Achilles tear and people were like, Oh my God, like, is this the end of Aaron Rodgers?" And you know, people are, it may not even be the end of Aaron Rodgers for this season. Cause you know, I guess there was, there was like some sort of a video where he went up to a player after um, like one of the primetime games. And, and the guy said to him, Oh, when are you going to be back? And you could hear Aaron Rodgers say like, Oh, give me a few weeks. And I'm like, part of me is just like, this guy is like just completely full of himself thinking he can, he can get back from this injury. I know there have been videos of him walking around and even dropping back and throwing footballs, but I mean, to go through the entire, like, to withstand an entire NFL game is a completely different thing. To walk into a stadium, toss a football around, hey, man, that's great. Like, I'm glad that he at least right now can, you know, potentially live a normal life after an Achilles tear, especially at the age that he suffered it at. But, um, yeah, I just don't think that it's a smart idea for him to come back. He's at least under contract. He should rest up this year see if the Jets can get more talent in and then try to come back and win it and, and like try to go out and win it for with that team next year. Like I, it's not smart for him to come back because if he goes out there and then, you know, has a lineman fall on the back of his leg and that Achilles goes again, he's not just missing the rest of whatever this year is. He's missing all of next year too. So yeah, like it's not a smart idea. And I just don't know why he's pushing himself like this. So it's frustrating to see um, who knows what that's going to look like, but Regardless of it, the AFC East is an absolute buzzsaw and the Patriots are at its uh they're at its mercy. So that's kind of what I have in store for NFL news on the show. I'm gonna do a little transition now over to NBA news and talk about a talk about a Boston sports team that's actually doing well, and that is the Boston Celtics. Uh they are although they lost their past two games to the uh Timberwolves and Sixers. They are still five and two on the year. They've been, you know, on a roll looking pretty good. And yeah, like there's, this is a very interesting team to watch this year. Cause last year we thought that it was a finals or bust year. 
this year, I, I don't know what could be like, I don't know what could be grander than this with the act, with the group that you put along that with the group that you, you know, created this year and the, just the squad that you have Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown. Um, yeah. Drew holiday, Kristaps Porzingis, um, just all like those great guys that are out there for this team this year. It's an incredible roster. Somehow they were able to improve from last year. And, you know, I, I got to give it up to, to one player in particular. Kristaps Porzingis has, he's meshed perfectly with this team. He has been awesome since he came here. He was dropping like 30 points throughout his first couple games. It arguably works better with Jason Tatum than Jalen Brown does. And it's been just awesome to see him kind of revitalize his career here in Boston after some injuries and just being kind of stuck in the void that was Washington for a little bit. So it's exciting to see him get that opportunity here in Boston. So, um, you know, I'm also glad that he got a somewhat normal number, him, Andrew holiday. They got uh, holiday got number four and then Porzingis got number eight. It's kind of refreshing to see star players here have like normal numbers when, um, and I, I say star, but then you'll see guys like Evan Fournier when they were here had like number 91 and Blake Griffin. I think our, I think Blake Griffin had 91. I think Evan Fournier had like 97 or something weird like that. And yeah, it was just, it was stupid. Like you, it was stupid to see like guys with numbers like that. So I'm glad that Porzingis has a normal number and same with that. Just from the eyes, it looks better. Um, but yeah, um, just like the, my main concern with this team like, and it's not in terms of talent, because like, I think talent wise, like this, this could, you know, you put the, if you were to put this team in the finals right now, I think they win genuinely because of just how, just like the amount of immense talent they have. My issue with them though, is their depth, because once you get outside that starting five, you have Al Horford, Peyton Pritchard, maybe, and then you, that's it. Like you don't have any depth outside of your starting lineup, which I think is going to kill you down the stretch. Um, like I was in a night class recently and I had a professor who is a massive Boston sports fan. He even came up to me and like a group of people that work with me in athletics. And, you know, he shows us his phone and he goes like, oh my God, like they're killing this team right now. I think it was opening night. And he goes like, oh my God, like they're awesome, but they're not going to make it through Christmas with right now. Like, especially Porzingis who, you know, his big issue has been like just overall health. Like he can't make it through a full season. So, like, if he's being relied on this much, like, I don't know if this team can withstand making it to April, May, June, and, you know, still being the, the group that we see right now. Because I don't know if I trust really Sam Hauser to step up. I don't know if um, Luke Cornett or O'Shea Brissett or any of these guys that we brought in are really going to be difference makers. I just don't think that's the case. So, um, yeah, it's just been a complete calamity. I think that... Uh, I don't know why I said calamity. Sorry. I was like, got distracted there, but I think that they have the, I think they do have the potential to go on a run and, you know, make this, make some things happen. So I'm excited for them nonetheless. Um, yeah. The other thing that I wanted to talk about the NBA though, was uh, the in-season tournament. So this has been some, this has made some news, I guess, recently. Um, and I'm actually surprised by this move because typically I, I like to think that the NBA is like one of the smarter leagues with marketing and things like that. But this is one of the dumber decisions in my mind, at least from what I've seen so far, because like the idea of it was to copy soccer to where you have like champions leagues and different like in-season soccer tournaments. And it means something to the players and you have different cups and things you can win. And I guess that's what the NBA tried to do by having the NBA cup and 
yeah, it's uh it's pretty crazy. Like, I mean, you have the NBA Cup doing their thing, and it's all 30 teams in the league, and they're all going against each other. And now they have like these. Let me pull this up. I saw this too. This was weird. They have like these different courts that they're doing. So if you see this like up here in group C, the Boston Celtics have like this green court with like a with like a you know tan like center. And relatively, that looks tame compared to some of the other courts that we've seen. Like, like look at the Chicago Bulls court. This thing is absolutely ludicrous. It's just completely red. And it it just, it looks hideous. It looks hideous. It looks like something that was, like, dragged from the 90s. And, you know, they tried to make an idea to, out of it. Cleveland court's fine. I mean, it's like, and I say that just because it looks like somewhat of a normal basketball court. But, um, like, the Heat, like, what the hell is that? Like, the Hawks, like, that's not even their color. Like, that's not even their current color scheme. Like, their current color scheme is red, so I don't know why they're doing that. Um, the Warriors, like, the blue... Oh, that's that's the Nuggets. I would have thought that's the Warriors. So, what are the Warriors court look like? Where is the Warriors court? Nuggets. It says the Nuggets. Yeah, it's the Nuggets court. Where is the... Oh, here's the Warriors court. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's a nice little court. Like, that looks normal. I mean, like, it's not like, I mean, it looks the most normal of these other courts, but like, I, I, people were, people were kind of upset that the Boston court didn't have parquet. And I'm like, okay, I get it. I get it. Like, that's a traditional Boston thing. Like, that wasn't my big grief with it. It just looks bad. And like, sure, if you want to have some extra meaning on these in season games, fine. But, and like, yeah, like you want to have players playing these in-season games. And I understand you don't want load management to take over as much. But like, I hate to tell Adam Silver this, but at least if I'm the Celtics, if this team like qualifies for like the in-season tournament in Vegas, where it's not actual regular season games that matter towards your record. If I'm the Boston Celtics, I do not play your starters. I have a starting lineup of O'Shea Brissett, Sam Hauser, Peyton Pritchard. Have Peyton Pritchard go off for 40. I don't care. But if you're, I would not have your main starters touch the floor. I wouldn't do it because what's the point? Jason Tatum goes out there, blows out his knee in the in the NBA Cup to- like tournament championship game, and then you know the, the but the Celtics win it and they're the NBA like in season champions, and then they get sent out in the second round. I, as a Celtics fan, that makes me want to like claw my eyes out. That would drive me up a wall. So I don't want to see that whatsoever. And yeah, I, 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 I can't see that. Like it would just, it would bug the crap out of me. It would just, it would bug me so much. I, I could not stand it. So I, I really don't like it unless you're going to add on some sort of incentive. Cause the only thing I can see is like, if, it's way too early in the season for it. But if you were to say, okay, the winner of this tournament gets like a bye to the second round of the playoffs or like the people who are the two teams, you know, from East and West that, or whatever groups that you do, like you'll qualify for like the next round of the playoffs, or you'll get at least a guaranteed playoff spot or something like then I could understand it. But just for another useless cup trophy, like it's not going to matter. The NBA players, like they, some of them don't even know what's going on. They're like, yeah, sure. The court's a little different, but we're just going to go out there and play basketball. And like, that's their just main philosophy with it. Cause like, yeah, like they don't know what the hell's going on. Like, why would they like, so I, I think, I, I think the idea has just been stupid. I think that it's just not going to really work itself out. And if whatever teams make it to that championship game, if you are, not, if you're playing your starters, you are, in, you are so, so dumb. Like you are, you are 
moronic to play your starters in that game. So that's at least what I think of that. Um, yeah, I mean, the Celtics, I think they're going to be pretty good. In-season tournament sucks. Um, that's kind of what I had for NBA news. Little MLB beat, which I didn't get really a chance to talk about, um, was Rangers Diamondbacks World Series. You know, from what I can tell, it was, you know, it, I, I watched some of the series. It was pretty fun to watch, at least from the games I saw. Um, really kind of sucks, I think, that Philly wasn't in this World Series, and not that I'm a Philly fan, but just the atmosphere that the bank and that stadium and those fans would have brought to this series. Um, you saw it last year with the Houston, you know, with the Houston series where um, you had those two dynamic fan bases just going at each other, like all series long up until like, up until like the very last game. And I think you could have gotten something like that with this, but Arizona just doesn't have that kind of hype, unfortunately. Like, and it was cool to see them, you know, back in it for the first time since 2001. It's the first time since I was born that they made it into this world series spot. So um, it was great to see, but I am glad that the Texas Rangers got their first World Series championship, especially for one man in particular. That's Nathan Avaldi. And I say that because last year around this time, actually um, just over a year ago, it was November 8th, I had the opportunity to interview Nate as he entered into free agency. He had you know, just finished his last year with the Boston Red Sox. Um, I talked to him about his success during the 2018 World Series, um, just growing up. Um, some of the obstacles he had to overcome since he had like two Tommy John surgeries and just a bunch of different things. And it was a cool experience getting to talk to him. And I remember one question that I asked him was that, um, do you think that the best is yet to come for your MLB career? And I had said it in a way that, that I kind of wanted to be like, Hey, do you think like your best is still yet to come in Boston? But, you know, it's he still could have read as like just your overall career in general. And he said that, yeah, I, I still do think my best is yet to come. I think that I can go out there to compete at a high level. And he went and did just that because he went out this season in Texas, arguably had his best year yet and was just an absolute stud. I mean, it, you got to give it to the guy um, in the World Series. He was just a shutdown ace. And I'm really happy for him because he went out there. He did his job and. Uh, the Rangers got their World Series championships, and it's the second one for him. So really happy for him with that. So uh, that's kind of what I had in MLB news. I know the Red Sox, they'll be gearing up for the for, uh, free agency. Not really too much on that just yet, but um, I guess some like final news as we kind of close things out would be uh, just with Brian Athletics. I know that they're getting ready for their basketball season. Uh, they just They've played their first two games of the year. They lost to Manhattan. Uh, to open the year in a tough one. And then they, you know, went on, they played their D3 team and Fisher, they blew the doors off them. So they'll be gearing up for another season. I know, I know they're missing their head coach, Jared Grosso. He's on a leave of absence right now. Um, not a lot's known about it, but um, you know, that'll be cool to kind of just see this, how this team grows a lot of returning faces like Sharif Gross Bullock, Earl Timberlake, Doug Eddard. Um, and then a lot of new faces coming in too, like Rafael Pinzone, um, and just different guys along those lines. So I'm going to be excited to see how that team really goes and adapts this year. They have a really tough um, non-conference schedule this year, facing FAU, who was in the Final Four last year. Um, you got Ole Miss on New Year's Eve. Um, so it's going to be a ton it's going to be a, a, a fun season to watch. I think that this group has a ton of potential. I think that they still have a lot of growth to do as a team. Maybe I got maybe I'll get a chance to talk to some guys like on the team again, like Timmy Kiggins, Miles Latimer, some of those guys and see how they all come together throughout this year. So uh, I'm excited for that again. And then 
I guess I I do want to give a little shout out to Bryant Volleyball because I'm they're one of the teams that I cover and Bryant Athletics. They qualified for the America East cha- uh, Conference Championship. Most likely will be held in Baltimore at UMBC pending um, a couple situations happening this weekend. I will be going to Baltimore if it is down there. So I'm excited for that. Um, and yeah, it's been a great time talking with you guys. I know I haven't done a solo show actually since the second, I believe it was the second or third ever episode of Down to the Wire, which was when uh, Tyler and Carter were still in the pep band for Bryant. And I think we're traveling to like a men's basketball game. Um, so it's kind of fun doing this again. It was a little different, kind of had to get back into a groove of it. But you know what? If it means kind of some more availability, I'm not, I wouldn't hate doing solo shows. Just got to kind of get back into that mode. So maybe do some solo shows. Definitely try to get some co-hosts back on, do some interviews coming up. So I'm excited for that. But uh, that kind of wraps up what we have here today. So I'm going to send you guys on your way. And I just want to say thank you again for tuning in. And from down the wire, I'm Brian Costa. So thank you again. Take care. Peace out. WJMF Radio.